0: Hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond 8 Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond 8 Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an 8-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey everyone. Welcome back to another podcast. I'm really excited. Today we're going to get to geek out a little bit on agency life and sort of the importance of, you know, what you bring to the table and what values you have. But first, let me talk about our first sponsor. Yes, we have a sponsor. This is pretty cool. So, I've been working with today's sponsor, make the cut.fm, to produce this podcast. Now, I started off, I have had partners who said they could do all sorts of things that didn't know their way out of the paper bag in podcast production. I've hired very expensive podcast agencies to only find out that while they could talk well, they were really hiring the cheapest talent they could find on Fiverr to do the work. And I was getting the results, even though I was paying a lot. Well, about a year and change ago, I found these women from makethecut.fm and my life has been so much better. They produce this podcast and they make my life so much easier. I get to focus on talking with these very cool entrepreneurs that you get to listen to every week. To me, that's the best part of my life. These people, I get to focus just on the conversation, make the cut. They take care of everything in the background. They manage the interview process. They Make sure that the guests are ready. They coordinate after, they promote the episodes, they do everything. And most importantly, they make the episodes sound so much better than if I was just doing this on my own. So if you have a podcast and you want to take it up a notch, or if you're thinking of starting a podcast, go check out makethecut.fm and tell them AJ sent you. Today, we're going to be talking with Leon Winkles. Leon is One of the co founders of IWB agency. I love what they're doing. They are one of the more exciting growth agencies out there. Leon comes from a background where he was an actual intern at Google to then working for Google before, you know, co founding IWB. And what I think is so interesting about IWB is they have this amazing client roster and yet they are sort of in between a productized service and a full service growth agency, kind of straddling it. So they bring some really intelligent thinking to their clients on something that a lot of times gets pushed down the value chain um from some of these clients and they deliver it in a very strategic positioned way if you go to their site read a little bit and you look at the clients and you look at how they talk about it you can see there's some serious deep thinking that's going on um into what they're doing and what i think is going to be a lot of fun for people to listen to is leon's going to talk a little bit about his life lessons he's almost died in his 30s he had a heart attack he was in a coma he talks about you know the importance of realizing life is short he lost a close family member soon after so you know how to make sure that you're always giving everything you can to achieve your goals because you never know when it's going to end and then just the importance of having fun in doing it and these are all things. Yes. If I had gone through those situations, I would say the same thing. Well, I think it's a little bit more because he he'll walk us through how he's actually incorporating this into how he's building his agency. He really is building this very cool what feels like an employee first type of situation to then provide outside value to his clients. let will talk about how he brings them in what he looks for the type of training he puts through puts them through and for what reasons and where they grow he'll talk a little bit about how he's working on his own capability of stepping back of being more of a leader what he works on so you know if you're in that early seven figure to mid seven figure type of growth cycle a lot of what leon's going to talk about is going to resonate because I've been through that process myself a few times. <laughs> I get a little bit further along and then kind of bounce back down. But um Leon will talk about this and I think it's going to resonate because he's really approaching this with just such a warm, open, joyful approach. And I think that's something more of us should take when we look at this. You know, it's fun doing what we do and especially, you know, for all the work we do it's worth it. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's conversation. I did. Leon's a great guy. So let's go talk with Leon. Hello, Leon. So nice to have you here today. How are you? Good. I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very jealous. Amsterdam, you're in Amsterdam, which is one of my favorite cities on the planet. It is such a beautiful city. It is. (laughs) uh, I miss wandering around there. Years yes. ago, and we're going to talk a while ago. Um, I went to graduate school in Copenhagen, and me I was <laughs> oh Copenhagen yes. Business School, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, CBS. Yes, I
0: did. Yes, me too. Okay, yeah. yay! Right. All right. So yes. yeah, so um, yeah, I went to CBS, and I was there in '93. So a while ago, I didn't. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit old, but um, I used to every weekend take the, there was a Thursday night late night that left like 11 o'clock and got into Amsterdam like just before six and take the sleeper car so it was and it was so cheap so I used to spend all my weekends going to Amsterdam and wandering around ah, I love it I miss that well, nice. like I said thank you for coming on I as an ex-agency you yeah, know having <laughs> sold my last agency I'll probably buy my way I'm looking to buy another agency so I may be back soon but um I was going through what you've done with IWB, as I was just telling the audience, and I find it really fascinating. I mean, you have this wonderful background kind of going through Google to this. You have all these great life lessons that your team has shared with us. You know, just I really encapsulated them quickly for the audience a second ago, but like, I would love to, let's start with where you see yourself as an entrepreneur, because you do the, you have all these great investments, you have the agency, where do you see yourself now as an entrepreneur? And then let's kind of dive into some of the things you've learned over the years.
1: Yeah. So first I'm an agency owner. I do that together with a with a partner, Akka, and, uh and of course with the whole team. That's my main focus for now. So I'm I'm a, a, not a passive investor, so to say, and uh, yeah. sometimes talk to startups and trying to help them and coach them on a voluntary basis. But where I see myself now is basically, in the end, I would like to exploit my skills more in terms of helping other smaller companies to grow, or maybe even help agencies to grow. My main focus now is, of course, is IWB because it, it takes. It takes most of my time. That, that is about it for now, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, over the years, you know, coming out of Google and then starting this, how do you see your skills as an entrepreneur having changed?
1: Yeah, so I started it myself for the mm-hmm. first, uh, first like uh, for for the five years, and mm-hmm. at the first stage, I I hired a freelance experts uh, who joined me uh, uh, who joined me to help businesses grow. But in the end, I realized uh, that doing it by myself and hiring people wasn't working for me. It wasn't working for me in a sense that. In order to build something, you really need people to build it with you, people with the same kind of purpose, uh, purpose-driven marketeers. And I think also what I've learned over the last, like, four to five years is, is, is the value of building a culture. Um, and, develop, and with that, I mean people that are, for, for us, that means culture. For us, that means people who are there at IWB yeah. develop themselves for the first, first four to five years and get everything out of it and help, passionately help, companies to grow so that changed me from a one person team <laughs> into a 20 fce team with people like minded people so i kind of duplicated my own kind of passion in in that way and it brought a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of positivity for me but i
0: know this is a big thing for you developing the culture i mean, want you to because i love the benefits you talk about that you offer your team having looked You know, write a bit about that. But why don't you talk a little bit about that? But then what do you see the value that you get, get being that wonderful thing by having, you know, by doing these for your employees? What do Mm -hmm. you, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about these benefits? Because, you know, they are very cool.
1: Yeah, first about the, the how, the, the why, actually. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. the, the why is we at IWB think that if an employee is really happy and, and is, is, is happy in the sense that, that he has a cultural fit with us, that he has colleagues that he likes, but also like everything around him or her mm-hmm. is like, is is like perfectly organized in the sense that he has his own uh, bike we take care of he has his own uh, like a lot of free study days free lunch free everything but that's just the basic check that you can just as you can do. The reasoning behind it is: is, is if, if people really feel at ease and, and are in their in, in their in, in their perfect zone, I think they they are the most valuable employees. So for me, what's in it for me is that if I faci- facilitate that in, in in the most perfect way, then people don't, I hope, don't want to leave me that soon or don't want to leave yeah. the company that soon, and, and and are really happy, but also are willing to tell how cool the company is and and i think for a lot of uh, clients of us it also helps them to they see us as their uh, inspiration for growth but also what i realized later is that they see us as an inspiration on how to run a company so if we wouldn't grow if we we wouldn't treat our or, or or wouldn't treat our employees nicely or the way that we do they also see us as as an example for them running their business so they don't just hire us managing their google ads they they hire us To be on top of an innovation wave and to be on top of how an organization is run so bringing these guys because they inspire us in a lot of different ways
0: well okay having these benefits is really cool but having the type of people who can bring innovation and understand how innovation can impact a client's environment you know not Mm -hmm. just where they're working but then also be able to you know go oh, okay this is what the clients dealing with this is the environment this bit of all that stuff that's a pretty difficult or that's a pretty hard earned skill set you know that's from an agency point of view you know, that's or what I would always joke that's a very expensive skill set <laughs> to hire <laughs>
1: And just to also clarify a lot of people that we hire uh, have uh, have like two years of working experience or even less so some of them come straight from university and just start with us and they're good at data and they're good at communicating but learning them to communicate at sea level of learning to communicate how to how to run a strategy meeting or how to define a roadmap for a client yes. to grow that takes some other skills and of course we don't have like this Strategic consultants yet, but that's one of the main skills that we hire them in. In a sort of say, like a pressure cooker in the first months on how to write compelling c level strategy mails, how to com- how to write compelling and concise presentations, because a lot of presentations all uh, as well as uh, <laughs> yeah, of, they're I, bad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you, don't, you, you can't imagine how many ugly presentations I've seen over the years. I mean, and, and some of them are from really like strategy consultants, right? Uh, so I think actually we're worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they are. Because like I see some, some slides with uh, so much text on it and no visuals. And ideally, we say like, like a slide. Ideally, the, the main message is already in the title and explains itself. We don't, ideally, we don't have to show anything with one slide. So it comes with great slides. And if people come in also, some some not so senior people come in and with their enthusiasm, with their growth mindset. So that's where we that's where we focus on in our on our hiring is enthusiasm, uh, passion, passion for, for the for the job that they want to do. Uh, uh, they they think different. So they they don't come from those big companies that you you have to uh, go into a, in and out in a meeting just to arrange something or they don't they don't see like uh, uh, those, those those glass ceilings they don't see them yet so maybe for us that's that's an advantage.
0: I kind of want to get into your life lessons, but before before we do that, I mean, do you have a form with your team because bringing in young people who or. People earlier in their career, when they have some tactical understanding of the work, but they don't have that, as you talk about, that sort of client-facing thing. Do you have a formal training program? How do you do this? Because I always found like it would usually be, it was like six months before someone came in, before they were like, okay, you are now worth doing the work that you're going to do. Then you would see about a year, year and a half, like the people would start curving up in their deliverable capability. And then at three years, you would start seeing people who would really be, you know, skyrocket. I would love to know about your training program and if you think this helps accelerate that type of process.
1: Yeah, ideally we would cut those time periods in half, as you mentioned um, just there. So a year and a half, we would ideally see someone bringing a C-level presentation also hitting the, the C-level kind of style and inspiring a client. But how, how we get there? So first of all, we have a knowledge center in which everything we do, it comes from like really nerdy kind of detailed things that we, we go in on a product basis, we record it. So there's a big like resource center where everything is recorded. And then we have our, and that's, I think also some, somehow unique. Cause even at Google, we were just making our own presentations. And of course you could go into um, a training where you will learn to make presentations, yeah. but for us, that's part of our onboarding. All right. So one of the one of the first lessons that people get is how to write effective emails, C-level communication. That's, that's, we, we, we get to drill them in it. And, and people love it because the way they can communicate, they can take every, whether it's a, somehow a complaint or a challenge from a client and turn it into something positive, turn it into a challenge. Also with slides. So that soft skill uh, kind of development is is, is the core. The product itself, they'll get to a certain level, but that's just checking boxes.
0: This is really kind of cool because, you know, there are different ways and I've seen it, like as you were just talking about in Google, I know there's Mm -hmm. just online, you know, ongoing educational opportunities and, you know, all the way down to smaller companies that would offer things. We would offer all sorts of, training opportunities but what i think you're we're talking about is: do you have a formal so when someone comes in do you have a form not just not only a formal like you're going to learn these things but almost a outcome that you want from them because you've said this we want them to be able to talk to a ceo yeah not talk but pit uh present sorry pitch <laughs> maybe i'm a little too much in the agency thought process but um so you have an outcome and you're training them towards that outcome is that how it works
1: yeah yeah so uh, w- when someone comes in of course they have we have like a buddy system I, I think a lot of companies have that when people when new people come in but it's really important for people to to just have one single person that they can go to uh, uh, with questions and that's that's a person that that sometimes also works on the same kind of client so it helps yeah. them it helps them at their first stage then we have someone uh, dedicated for onboarding so that means this person uh, uh plans one-on-ones on the first week every single week with the person starting with the new person starting um and and then we have like a whole training schedule for the first two or three weeks and mm-hmm. a lot of that is of course Product skills and certifications. So th- that's the that's the, that's the basics. I think that, that that's what a lot of agencies do. But our secret sauce comes at the soft skill side. That in that uh, onboarding process are also soft skill trainings that we've built over the years. And a lot of people are really so we have we have uh, uh, for example one of my colleagues Anika is brilliant at making presentations. So one of her trainings is how to make three four killer slides instead of 20 boring slides but how to make that presentation an hour long and 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 when they get those guidelines they know how to do it another training for example i i haven't seen any of these type of trainings in another companies first filtering your email so people get like an hour on okay you get a lot of emails because every client has an is an, is an, just learn how to how to filter your email and work with a clean inbox. We're going to drill you at it because if you don't get that well, you're not going to work efficiently and you're not going to be able to prioritize on the right emails. So those are some some examples in like that. That yeah. the skill side that that give them a leap forward as compared to 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 other agencies I think. You know
0: we haven't really talked much about sort of the outcome, you yeah. know Just the type of work you guys are doing, but it is, you know, just as I was briefly telling the audience, very intense work in what you're doing, but you have this sort of very robust culture for a type of deliverable that I think some other people are sort of, I would jokingly call the churn and burn direction, you know, minimal, yeah, the minimal type of deliverable at the lowest level of quality. Yeah. Rinse and repeat and build the business model on, you know, just trying to get as much as you can quickly. And then you're taking the opposite approach. Now I've read some of your life lessons. You've had these situations where you had a heart attack. You were in a coma. Father died. Well, you know, just, you know, recently you've had these situations that have led to sort of things. Do you bring these into? You know how, why and how you're building this because you talk about you know always giving you a hundred percent and life is short
1: yeah 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 so if people if people come in uh, the first thing i want to so before we hire the first thing we want to see is people that enjoy life <laughs> but enjoy the work they do because if you hate the job you do why would you work so uh know, uh, so, uh, and 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 you know, I, I realized, like like you mentioned, uh, there was a time that, that I got a heart attack and I, 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 I went into a, in a coma and life was almost uh, gone for me, literally. Uh, then you then you have to step back one step and see, okay, what is important in life in general is enjoying life. Better enjoy it. So if I don't see that from my own employees, that they enjoy life, then we could go, what is it in, in the job that you don't like? Because we can either... Like, like change your job in the sense that you, you have like a, a side rule that, that really, that, that you really like. But if people don't like internally like what they do, then they can, they can tell that story to a client because the client, like, again, the client hires us because we're enthusiastic about quite boring stuff in their view. They see w- ones and zeros <laughs> and we see, we see growth data. Sorry. We see, we, we try to see growth lines or challenges instead of problems that's why they hire us in order to go into the dust and try to try to make up a roadmap for them to reach their goal and talk revenue instead of digits so that's why if if, if we are able to for them make rather boring stuff really interesting and really nice to work on then they get more fun doing that with a party that enjoys working and but also, maybe a really thing that I wanted to um, wanted to emphasize is that what I encountered uh, working with a lot of like, really large companies, really large agencies, and with I mean like 100 plus yeah. people working there is the, the, the saying that the one who pays is the one that can demand, uh, that they can demand service. I hate that. I really hate that. In Dutch, it's the saying "U vraagt wij draaien." You're asking, and we'll just turn, we'll just turn whatever you want. We just we just agency super. life, yeah. That is not an agency. in 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 my in my view is we, we work with clients, but honestly, we work with clients we really like. If I don't really, I, I have I had clients that like you go on a coffee and see what you can do for them. You can can you grow yeah. them or not? And you if go I see above one, and beyond. yeah, but if if this would be a client that I would be hating to work for. I, I don't want to I don't want to put put them in front of my employees because they won't have fun doing that and we won't be at our best. We're also like, um, uh, how do you say that, uh, demanding what we what we see as our ideal clients, because most of our clients are already a client for seven. We have clients, clients, a lot of them are, are with us since the beginning. That's that's crazy. So they haven't changed or, or some of them. If they've changed an agency, there was an obvious reason. But a lot of them are like almost friends. And I think that's 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 unique because they don't have like, the We don't see them as customers. We see them as our partners in growth. Well,
0: all right. This kind of brings not the core of sort of the agency equation is that especially when you are delivering such a tactical product, but you tie it into the, such a strategic insight, you know, with the data and sort of the value you're taking it. But you are executing very <laughs> tactically. You know, everyone. They do much more, but the core is the Google Google AdWords algorithm, you know, focusing on Google. Sorry, I'm dating myself. Google Ads. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Believe me, I was calling something and I was like, it hasn't been there for 15 years. And I was like, all right, I've been doing this too long. But what I would really like to kind of, before we even talk about that is, you know, you are trying to move into that strategic position, which is creating value, having a relationship versus a deliverable, you know, that's moving up the agency life cycle. The more strategic you are, theoretically, the more you're embedded within your client's business, the longer term your relationships, the more you can do, you know, that's the growth model, you know, over time. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found in building this team the way you have, it seems like, Your buildings team because it allows you to do that. Have you found that maybe compared to early on, the clients who allow you to be, you know, the clients who engage with the type of environment, do you find it bringing more value to you? And how are you looking at that? You know, you're doing these things, is it creating more value, or is it just you're doing this because this is what you think should be done? Getting it's a hard question. Hard question yeah, no, but think you can see it from different it
1: angles. You, so at first, let's say, uh, let, let's go like eight or nine years ago, they brought in like the Google Ads guy, right? So the guy that worked for Google worked there as an ad specialist and who's doing the trick for himself now. But later on, we expanded beyond that. Of course, we went into growth marketing, we went to CRO, we, we went into audience mapping, etc., and we went to growth consultants. And with that, there comes also like a change into like literally what, what you just explained. It's, it's a brilliant explanation. But you also got to be lucky with the type of clients that you already have in your portfolio, that they are open to not see you as like, like their Google Ads minion in the most negative way into their new growth consultants who's going to tell who's going to tell them how to grow their their agency but if you're having a really really good relationship with them you can just be cheeky and bring in a slide that really inspires them and got, and say like guys did you know that we did it with the client A and B but did you know that you can also grow with this and this and if your relationship is really good then they're open and their mindset would be way more open Then, like a strict uh, agency-client relationship, like a traditional one.
0: All right, I used to joke, sort of, in the growth cycle of my agency, especially when we were around our first couple of million to about three million, that our ideal client were the ones that got curious. Yeah. Because we would talk forever and ever, and we would data dive, and you know, I was spending money on data scientists way before we could even charge for that. And then later on, what I realized was, okay, that isn't, that's not really a, that's a good inbound, that's a good um, sort of networking, sort of relationship capability, but for us to develop our outbound client and sort of grow and become more predictable in our client Mm -hmm. type of, we had to go deeper into our definition of what that type of client was and just saying they're curious. It's like, okay, how do, you, yeah, how, do you, how do you target curiosity? So we had to go further and further and we built it more around the type of content we would push, the positioning, so that people who would engage with us and would, you know, we were still reaching out to our niche and the type of clientele size and all that, but we engaged them and said, how are you going about, you know, you're talking about a very specific type of client that is either A, and I can say this because I don't have an agency, you've either trained the client to, <laughs> you to be accepted to you guys, or you found them. How do you go about getting this type of clientele? Because you guys yeah. are, you're past that sort of good word of mouth. Yeah, you know, you're, yes, you probably still get a lot of business from word of mouth and all that, but you're large enough now that you have to go beyond just hoping people are going to say nice stuff about you.
1: Yeah. So first of all we're 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 very different to mainstream agencies in the sense that for example we've never I repeat we never d- Took part in an uh, award, like a search award, like a big marketing kind of award. where you pay for a lot? A lot of them do that, eh? and they, they're the, the, the world's so best. Search
0: yes. agency, the <laughs> I world's bought, best search I did some. So they're everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's corrupt, but I, I tend to get pretty jealous, and then I look at it realistically. It's like, well, we've never done it. That at was least a thousand we get bucks. Depends yeah. on it, because they, they they cost money, of course. Um, uh, but the thing is, like. It's, you mentioned that there's a, there's a certain extent of clients that we acquire that come from Word of Mouth. Well, you would be surprised. 90, 90 plus percent is literally referral, <laughs> and I think that is also odd in the sense that normally is, of course, it's some kind it of acquisition. You. Yeah. And you'd also be surprised that like I, I, some people don't believe it, but I've never ever called someone with the purpose of not knowing them. You want to be my client? Well, I've had some coffees with people that. I, found interesting, ah, well, let's, let's see if we can do something for you, but I've never reached out. So maybe that's the next, next phase for me, like a personal get out of your comfort zone kind of thing. But uh, for me, it doesn't work. Uh, we're not an acquisition company. We're, we, we don't have that train running. So we, 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 people come in and they say, well, I've heard about you. And, and, and you did this 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 interesting stuff at client a or B and I know them and they, they talked about you and, and 90% comes in like that and that's I, I realized that is pretty remarkable in the sense that a lot of not a lot of clients have that so we're quite happy with with, with that happening so in just from the um, uh, acquisition kind of uh, uh, we bring out a lot of like in-depth articles about really nerdy stuff that we do at our clients And we're the real Clients who know us, I think well, that this is this is remarkable, and they can still translate yeah. it to like a big overall uh, a strategy, a picture. I kind of differ. We kind of we, we do differ with the with the bigger traditional agencies in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we gotta go into another phase. I don't know. Just to be open with you, maybe we we should and en- we should uh, engage more in that sense. Maybe, we, but uh, for now it's working, um, and I, f- I really feel comfortable with being. Well, I sometimes joke, uh, joke on it. That say, well, if you know the A team from back in the eighties and nineties, yep. they don't reach out to you to work for you. You have to be really lucky to find them. <laughs> I want to be the A team. Then uh, let me be Hannibal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, sure. Yes,
1: yes. Represent our roadmap, telling that. Well, all right,
0: then that is an interesting place to be because that, in a sense. You are putting your biz dev cycles into your culture, mm-hmm. you know, from that to gain because, because it feels like, you know, what I've seen from my experiences, there is always that like inbound is great. And early on, it definitely gives you this opportunity if you're able to harness it, nurture it, and survive long enough for it to actually happen. Because most inbound, very rarely is it tomorrow, usually it's like, oh, we're curious, and then 18 months later, they're ready. So it's all that about being there. But then to harness it to grow, it is usually those things. You're almost from your descriptions talking about building like a product led growth. You know, instead you're talking about a culture led growth of having these types of capability and this positioning around your capability and sort of, your and your value offering. Do you see, you know, and is this even something where you guys look at the more effort you put there, the more it translates into the type of engagement, decreased cycles, higher inbound, stuff like that?
1: So let me for still on the, and, and the client acquisition side if if clients come at our office and and, and for example they join lunch or they will have a uh, have a joint session with, with them and with our clients sharing our knowledge th- th- those moments are are brilliant because then the, the clients actually see us they they encounter with us they they interact with us and they see our enthusiasm they see that we share with all the other clients that they that they can learn from so the way that we try to Get that culture, that employee culture out also means bringing the clients in and having them encounter with, with, with the culture we've built. So as soon as they see, well, this is a company where not only the people that work there love working there, but also they love doing what they do and other clients love what they do. And they, they, I think they have a lot of enthusiasm doing that, and a lot of a lot of energy doing that. So as as soon as they come in and they encounter this culture, it works for us. It works for us in a lot of different ways. They try and, and and get us similar kind of people that they know, new clients, new leads. Uh, it also works on on extending uh, our relationship and, and 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 intensifying our relationship because they know how we are, how our DNA works, and and where we stand for in terms of values. All
0: right. Well. Building that type of culture and building that type of deliverable set as someone who bounced around in this area is not a very simple process. Definitely keeping the type of open and engaged culture that alone, you know, like I definitely said, that's expensive. That is intensive type of training, that's intensive type of support, feedback, mentor growth. You know, there's a lot of things that kind of happen behind to see you just say oh yeah we're grower people it's like yeah but to really grow there's like fifty thousand things underneath and then to have that type of engaged client relationship where you are delivering x but you're doing it in such a strategic that once again also requires fifty thousand micro things
1: exactly it requires we're really structured and so for example on the employee side it's not only like the benefit you mentioned like free bike free lunch free uh, workation and stuff yeah it, it's just is that is just a check yeah but it, it it requires like iterating on your processes over and over again so after two or three hires we have the feedback from their side. We have the feedback from the onboarding persons who are encountered with, with with the onboarding process, with the hiring process. And each time we go over it again and see, okay, do we somehow miss a checklist? And now we have our knowledge base. So all right, we have to we have to extend this in this section because people didn't realize this 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 new kind of information before they, for example, did this analysis. So they have to know, for example, what are the KPIs of a company before I can actually make an, uh, a cross paired analysis. <laughs> Just a really small detail, right? But if you don't uh, iterate, if you don't renew that process once in a while or improve the process, you don't get there. Uh, and, and, and I think the iteration process is something we tell to our client in terms of managing expectations. We get better along the way and our relationship gets better along the way but it also uh accounts for our own processes yeah and so i think we're now at a stage where the processes are really into place and now we we're we're growing right so we have to define the um mid-senior kind of level role so people are now there's persons dedicatedly coaching other persons for example, and if you're a team with five or six, you have individual contributors and, and, and experts and no one no one needs to coach anyone because there's like a like a, a, a really like healthy senior media kind of relationship and, and that goes along the way. But if your company grows like we are now, we need a middle structure. We need people to coach. We need people to onboard. We need people to uh, encounter with one-on-ones, with new people people that join. So we need to put all those practices into place and reevaluate and iterate on them over and over again. Yeah. So that's hard. It takes time. That's just it.
0: Well, what do you then do for yourself? Because, you know, you're talking about having an increasing complex environment you're having as you grow you have more people and you have a very hands-on approach to your people so the time the effort you know that growth that mentoring you know and that process of how to make sure that you're getting the feedback and how you're learning from the feedback and the same then for your client what do you do to help you improve your capabilities as an entrepreneur
1: here yeah, good question. Well, one of my main challenges is to, to let go, basically, and to make sure that if we delegate ownership in, in, in some aspects of the company, that people have like a good framework of what what that ownership means. Uh, so that is my challenge is basically to let go of multiple aspects and to pinpoint the, pinpoint the areas where I need to look with them and I need to challenge them. That sounds rather abstract, but for me, it's just about letting go and seeing if it works. And and if someone fails, just make sure that the process, we get the process right the next time, otherwise we'll do it again. So if, for example, a wrong invoice is sent out to a client that that upgraded or downgraded somehow, then we have to see what went wrong in, in that process and uh, uh, in order for them to make it better and for me to let go that, that aspect of the, of the company, right? Another good example is letting it go like 3 4 years ago i thought that approving holidays was something that the manager should do that's just bs cuz i mean that's the first thing that you can let go as soon as you have the right uh, right kpis on it uh, just make sure that there's not 3 4 people persons in the same team on holiday at the same uh, time. Uh, they have uh, like uh, 28, 30 days a year. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot to handle and to mix w- with holidays. Make sure that a person knows what's, what the KPIs are, but that's just occupation of the of client least. in terms of resources. You can let go a lot of your uh, of your uh, of, uh, I can I can let go way more of the stuff I'm currently doing, but that's my main challenge. And, an, and also uh, that that's my other big challenge is to motivate instead of manage too much. Do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, um, do you want to be a leader or a manager, right? Hey, let's go here. And
0: everyone, yeah. this is a podcast and I'm pointing off screen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do know you mean, but I realize I got to be realistic as well. We're, we're now with 20FT. I'm still a manager, but I, I want to be a leader as well. So, right? Difference between a manager and a leader. I think it's Covey who had this metaphor and he said, well, a, a manager guides his troops through the jungle leader climbs up the highest tree in the jungle and says, wrong jungle. Uh, so that's kind of the, <laughs> right? try to be that leader and, and the leader motivates and, and, and challenges you and, and asks the right questions. And a manager sometimes tells stuff that you do wrong instead of uh, uh, challenges you to change the process. Focused on the
0: directions you know, and the means of transportation versus the leader who should be looking out at like, where are we going and how are we getting there?
1: To be honest, I'm really a picky at processes and stuff, so I have a lot of difficulties letting go and, and also not focusing too much on the process. And, and that's a personal process.
0: <laughs> Other than just doing it and getting the experience, because you've talked
1: now about
0: you know having done this, what do you think you can do to make that smoother and more valuable for yourself to do?
1: Well, I think one of the main things is that, like I've talked about like being a happy employee and, 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 and us doing a lot around that. I think it also counts for myself. If I'm a happy person and I, I've spent uh, a couple of days with, I have two children, two and four. Maybe it works as well for me to, if, if, if I enjoy life in general, which I do, then it also works for, it, it, yeah, it has these good vibes also for the company. So it starts with myself. If I enjoy what I do and I enjoy my New role that I try to try to take. Yeah, then I think people people see that. People see that. For example, if family is important, uh, I, I think to to a lot of uh, to, to a lot of us. But for me, especially, if that is so important to me. In uh, next week, we have our office warming, and the main invites <laughs> were sent to the girlfriends and boyfriends and wives and children and and fathers and and, and mothers who are proud. Uh, uh, and so if that is important to me, just make sure that is it also. Radiated towards the employees that work for you. So um, yeah, I try to bring that in and then try to get the spark back. If you know what I mean.
0: No, and I do. That is that is good. Well, since you are trying to guide rather than direct, you know, sort of (laughs) trying, yeah, trying. But you know that is your thing. You are building a very simple deliverable, high value type of company, you know, in that strategic, you know, connection, because that takes extra. How are you going about not, you know, and before we even got on the, before we started the podcast, when you and I were chatting before, you talked about developing OKRs and getting your team to understand and utilize them. How are you defining your own success separate from the agency because you are talking about this a lot of growth you know working on your own personal happiness to then guide how you're growing the team Just how do you go about defining what is going to be success for you before you even talk about the agency in
1: relation to IWB or
0: or just in just for yourself what does it mean what is success as an entrepreneur for you
1: for me it's enjoying what you do and if you enjoy what you do you're probably trying to be really good at it or try to be the best at it and i think like personal success means to me is that i that i can honestly be proud of what i what i do and what i've accomplished so that that would be a personal success but also if people are proud to be working for iwb that would make me proud so pride comes also uh, from the people you work and i would be really proud if Someday, I hope in a half a year <laughs> or a year, the, the the team should be like self steering. Should be uh, uh, should should also be able to work without me. And I would be really proud if I could see this from an angle working. Uh, and that would be my personal like success, letting go, letting it go, and uh, uh, like in, in, enjoying that enjoying that process. That would be um, yeah, there's a lot of like joy with it. I think with with what makes me proud and what what defines success for me.
0: Very cool. So, if that's going to be what success is, what's going to be, what's the BHAG for the agency, for IWB now?
1: Well, what's the B, the big hairy addition goal, right? So, what's, what's the, the BHAG? Well, that, that that is actually a really good question. Do we have, that's the question, do we yes. have a BHAG? Set, uh, yeah. for the agency? Uh, do we want to be like, we're now 20, right? Do we want to be 100 uh, FT? Do we want to have, wanna have a, like a turnover of, 10 million uh, or hundred million. Well, there's like a qualitative kind of B-Hack. And I just explained it like that's happiness, uh, employee retention, client retention. uh, But those are like underlying metrics. And I'm I'm not sure if we have one single digit, one B-Hack that we can call it. Uh, But um, I think we are, but we should definitely stay one of Europe's leading growth agencies. And that's our big goal. And with being that in the Netherlands, I think we're, we're on our way uh, uh, to, to continue and to improve. And if people are proud working working with us as clients, and if people are proud working for us as an employee, that would be my overall goal.
0: <laughs> very good. Well, I think you've built a very, very interesting Your positioning for the agency, and from what I can see, is incredibly interesting and very, very smart. And the way you're describing the processes you put into supporting that and why and where you're, you know, that emphasis, I really see, I believe you're going to have some good success there. And I would love, I think there's going to be some really interesting things that you guys end up doing. Love to, you know, down the road, maybe continue this conversation because I think you're on to something and I'd be very curious to see how that transition point you go as a growth agency into that next step because you're right there. I mean, you are right there and that's going to be the fun of yeah. seeing how that happens. What's the best way if someone's interested in learning more about the agency, learning more about what you're you're doing, what's the best, where should they go? Should they go check out the agency page? Course, <laughs> What's
1: everyone's welcome for a coffee. If you want to talk about nerdy Google Ads stuff, uh, I'm 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 happy to talk about yeah. it because stuff I like. But if you want to talk to me about growing an agency or growing a company, yeah, that is what we do as well. So uh, they can encounter me on LinkedIn, Leon Winkers, uh, uh, and just just send me a message, and yeah. I'm happy to talk. To, and ha- happy to have them over if, if they're in Amsterdam or otherwise. I'll
0: put but, that in know, the show notes. Yeah.
1: No, everyone's, everyone's welcome uh, in Amsterdam for a coffee, in the Netherlands in general.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah. Well, no, right. in Europe, but, uh, I mean, a video calls are handy as well. Hmm.
0: Yes. The video has made it a lot easier. But all right, cool. Now, Leon, I really appreciate this. I'll make sure everything's in the show notes, folks. Yeah, if you're yes. listening right now, um, go check out IWB.agency, check out Leon's LinkedIn. I think you'll see a lot of really cool things. And if you are interested in you know, some of the growth services they're talking about, just from my experience, I really like how they break it out. Now, obviously, you have to go kick the tire and check things out for yourself. But I think Leon is doing a really cool job. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Leon.
1: Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Uh, this has been a lot of fun. No, I always love I'm, I've been trying not to geek out too much on agency specifics, but the situation yeah as you're building this aid, it is so cool and so much fun yeah. it is it once you get into it it is always it's a fun way of life
1: and you know once you're in amsterdam just come and visit us and i mean you uh, you you your your previous uh, study periods yes. uh <laughs> coming to amsterdam i uh yeah. it, it kind of uh, brings me brings back good memories <laughs>
0: yep yeah. there i doubt some of the 24, you know, the all-night raves are still around, but I think probably some of the bars are still around. And right. definitely the canals. Walking around the canals is never to be beaten. Yeah. All right. Cool. Now, well, man. Thank you. All right. Talk with you soon. Thank you.
1: alright Goodbye. right. Bye-bye.
0: This episode of Beyond A Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues.